When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. And guess what? You don't have to die at the hands of a shape-shifting clown to join. No, all you have to do is tune in every Friday as us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. Each week, we'll either spend hours reading between the pages of one of his books or chew on his latest tweets and Hollywood headlines. What's more, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Mick Garris, Jerry O'Connell, Mary Lambert, Will Wheaton, and the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from today, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and would love to keep you up to date on all of these. That means whether you're listening to Apple Podcasts at iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, really anywhere you're checking us out, there is a subscribe button, I promise you that. I'm Kyle Meredith. It's a special trio episode today. My guests, Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars, Mitchie Collins of Lovely the Band, and Luke Pritchard of The Kooks. All put out records in 2018. All three interviews actually done in 2018, but all three with plenty in common. In fact, I'm going to be talking with Jared Leto about the new 30 Seconds to Mars record, America. How he calls it a snapshot of the country, drawing the uh, political nature to very personal themes. It's bigger sounds, and as he says, how a bunch of woe-oh-ohs can bring the world together. Then we'll turn things over to Mitchie Collins of Lovely the Band and Luke Pritchard of the Kooks. But right now, it's Kyle Meredith with Jared Leto of 30 Seconds to Mars. Thanks so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Congratulations on this record, man. It's great to hear you guys again. My absolute pleasure, man. It's good to be here and uh, good to be talking to you. 
Um, titling a record America in 2018, I mean, that says a whole lot. I know you started writing this, you know, a few years ago, back in 2015. I was wondering, does America mean the same thing to you now as it did then? Well, probably not. I mean, I think that it's, you know, the idea of America changes all the time. That's one of the reasons it's, uh, it's, it's such a fascinating idea and a place. Um, it's constantly evolving and as an artist, I'm evolving as well, and you know, this album is just one kind of document about my experience, my brother's experiences, and uh, we're really proud of it. Getting a tremendous response, and you know, we're looking forward to getting out on tour in America in June and July. Working on something for that long, I mean, over the course of you know several years, was it hard to keep the thread in the direction and, and not, I don't know, shoot the plot, I guess? No, not really. I mean, the good news is America is just a gift that keeps giving. I mean, as far as creative inspiration and material, uh, there's it's, it's been a never-ending, you know, uh, barrage of uh, unexpected uh, situations and experiences. I know much has been said about, you know, this sound. It's a bigger sound. It's a brighter sound. Some would say it's a slicker, poppier sound. I started thinking, like much like Beck, who was sort of talking about the same thing with his new record, that there's an there's an approach to pop with a more artful side to it. I don't know if that kind of conversation went into it, but that's sort of what it seems like to me. I mean, I think you're probably pretty close. I mean, there's there. I love good craftsmanship, whether it's Nirvana or Depeche Mode or Prince or Michael Jackson or you know, I love you know an intention to deliver a song that is super efficient, you know, a three-minute pop song, like a police song, or a Dr. Dre track. You know, I mean, there's there's good music everywhere, whether it's pop or hip-hop or rock, and there's bad music everywhere, whether it's hip-hop, pop, or rock. So, you know, I think we explore a lot of different musical styles on this record. We use, you know, strings and tubas and gospel choirs and guitars and drums and and a lot of unexpected sounds, and it's really fun for us to explore new territory. I think it's really modern, and it's a it's a great way to break new ground and say new things. The wo-o-o's seem to be a part of that conversation, which they've become a popular thing to do in songs right now. I, I don't, is that just timing that it lined up for you guys like that, or did you say, you know what, we can we can work with that, and we can work that into what we're doing? No, I mean ever since you know our first album, I've been wo-o-ing <laughs> since the kill. You know, in 2005, I mean, I think I wrote that song in 2004, to be honest, or three. But, you know, it's a good universal way to sing along if you travel from country to country like we do, and we tour so much around the world. You know, the old kind of football, soccer chant, uh, there's a great way to communicate and have a universal language. I know there's a fine line with songs, and, and a lot on here that could be about a girl or about a government. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dangerous Night is a good example. It seems like a song about a boy and a girl. It's really about America. But in other songs like Walk on Walk at Water, you know, a song about the times that we're living in, a song about change, about freedom, about standing up and fighting for what you believe in. I know immigration is sort of a part of that, too. Being a touring artist, you get to see that a little bit closer than other artists do, or what other people do, I guess I should say, just being around the world. Do you see that there's going to be a change in that? Because right now that seems like more divisive than ever. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we travel around 
all over the world. And I think we're exposed to a lot of different cultures. So, and I think exposure leads to understanding and acceptance, you know, whether it's um, the Middle East, playing shows in the Middle East or in Mexico. You know, we have a lot of respect for these places around the world. And uh, it becomes a lot less scary when you know people and you know places. Um, and I think it's a really been a really good thing for us as a band. You know, we're here in Europe now, I'm in Paris right now. We're looking forward to getting back to the States and playing shows in America and bringing this big, wild, crazy concert to a, a town near you guys. Jared, it's, it's such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for the talk and for this album. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. And a big old thanks to Jared Leto. The latest 30 Seconds to Mars LP is called America. Now for part two of today's trio episode, Mitchie Collins of the band Lovely the Band. They had the biggest modern rock single of 2018 with a song called Broken. We're going to hear all about that song as well as the band's origin story and the follow-up EP and single, These Are My Friends. It's Kyle Meredith with Lovely the Band. Hey, how you doing? Well, let's start here, man, because the, the journey of, of Lovely the Band is, is already amazing. Um, I know the band is over a year old, but, you know, your your very first single that's become a number one hit isn't even a, a year old yet, and that's that's incredible. Uh, I, I would love to hear the journey uh, of how you guys got to here, if you don't mind recounting that. Well, actually, the single, the single came out officially April 14th of 2017, so it's a, but uh, nonetheless, it is uh, been a wild ride, uh, to say the least. This project kind of started as, like, uh, for lack of a better t- term, a therapy session for me. But coming out of another project, and, you know, I, I kind of, like, fallen out of love with music a little bit or, you know, kind of lost lost direction and lost kind of focus and just didn't really know where I was going next. And after that, I kind of took a year off just to let myself breathe a little bit. And then towards the end of that, I called my longtime collaborator, and I was uh, Steve Cushion Metis, and I, and I was like, yo, man, like, let's get in the studio. Um, I got some stuff I got to get out. And, you know, fast forward to like six, seven, eight months later, um, we, we were writing a bunch. And then, you know, when Broken came to be in the studio, um, I had had that lyric, I like that you're broken, broken like me, uh, in my phone for quite some time. And it kind of just like fell out into this you know, idea that we were jamming on. And I guess, you know, when I'm writing a song, I never really know what it's about until it's done. And um, I think that song was just my self-realization that like you know like i'm not my problems and you know i'm more than the things i deal with and that you know that it's okay to not be okay sometimes and just you know embracing that but that song was kind of the turning point for for the band for me to be like oh maybe you know this is special maybe this is something more than just maybe this is maybe this is a new project maybe this is a band maybe this is the next what's next but i took a batch of songs after that you know went back to los angeles and um i had met jordan and, you know, we become really fast friends. And then we were out one night and I asked him to play him some songs. And I was like, hey, would you want to do this with me? And he was down, thankfully. And a handful of months later, um, we met Sam. And, you know, he was like kind of the missing piece. And, yeah, it was off for the races. Now, now the, the project you were talking about, that was, uh, is that the band Oh Honey? Yeah, it was. So, you know, there had been some success to a degree with, with that group right there. And so you, you, I don't know, you might've known what success could look like, or, you know, as you were going there, when did you see it was finally happening, you know, with, with that kind of gauge on, when did you see that this was going to be much different than that? You know, it's funny. I'm still like kind of 
trying to wrap my head around the whole thing. You know, the 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 more we're playing and the more you know, we just uh, we had we we just fell out of number one, but we uh, we had it for six weeks, which is absolutely unreal to me. I mean, like when we were, when we released the song, we were all like, all right, cool, like this is going to radio, like that's exciting. Like if it gets into the, like the thirties, like that'll be exciting. You know, that'll set up another song. We'll be able to get a record out. You know, get on tour whatever and then you know fast forward a year later and we're number one for six weeks and you know hanging in the top five with bands like muse and imagine dragons pops of the people like bands that you know we are huge fans of it's just kind of a surreal experience but you know up until you know you have these oh these like kind of you know like oh wow moments or these like you know moments where you, you kind of take a step back and i'm just like because you know when you're in it it's like you're just kind of you you don't really hear it's all it's all moving faster than you can process but i think you know a big moment for me was we, we recently played hangout festival in alabama and like we played at like 11:45 in the morning like super early and we played and our crowd was like one of the biggest we've played to all year it was like you know five six thousand people and we were like and that was at 11:45 in the morning in alabama yeah. on the beach and like we were like oh wow like something's happening and you know see the crowd going going nuts to broken and like singing all the words to the other songs and stuff we're like oh like you know moments like that where we're like oh wait you know something something's happening here i mean it's it's an insanely catchy song it, it only takes one listen to get it under your skin and in your head i mean it's it's the definition of an earworm in all the best ways uh, i can honestly say and for that to be your oh, first you. song yeah to be that for that to be your first song like that that's sort of incredible and, you know, and, and still when I look back, like, you, there are sort of similarities in your previous band and this, you know, in, in the sense that I can call them both indie pop in, in a way. But there's a lot yeah. of differences, too. Was As you're escaping that for, you know, different musical pastures, did you have a vision of, of the sort of songs that you wanted to write with this? No, I was just kind of like, this project for me was, um, you know, coming out of Oh Honey was like, you know, we, I'm proud of the work we did, you know, I'm proud of the songs we did and like, you know, the smile success we had and the, you know, we had a lot of fun, but you know, towards the end of it, it was like, you know, the stereotypical major label band dilemma where like, you know, it was a difficult, we were trying to make an album. It was difficult, it was difficult to make it, you know, I kind of, the romance was kind of gone for me because it got super corporate and, you know, just, just like, it, it just kind of stopped being fun. And that's a big thing for me. Like, I have to enjoy myself. Otherwise, it's just, I, I won't do it. So that being said, you know, coming out of this, it's so, and like, you know, after taking a year off, it, it, this, I think, is different. In the, not, uh, it's because I just started making music for the sake of making music again. You know, there's like, I just started making music to have fun with it and just, to, you know, just for the sake of doing it. Not like, okay, we have to write a hit single. We, we need a hit. We need this. This is what we need to do. I was just making music to make music and no one was telling me how to make it or what I needed to make or what I needed to say. So, you know, it feels good that like, you know, we I just got in. I was 100% myself and you know, people are paying attention and it's exciting. It's a beautiful thing. It's incredible once the pressure's off and once you just do it for the love of it, you know, what comes out of that. It's, uh, it's always a nice story. Yeah. And, and as far as that style, because, you know, it's, it's a very big production in, in the style that you do or, or the, um, I don't know, I, I don't want to call it slick because I always feel like that comes across in music, but, it, you know, it, it is polished and everything and it is big sounding. Where did you learn to write in such a way? Because it's there's some extra talent there that a lot of people can't find to find a clean sound like that. I mean, trial and error, you know, we, you 
you know, uh, I love music in general. And like, you know, like I said, uh, my longtime collaborator, Christian Metis, who I did all this stuff with, is, you know, he's like my right hand. You know, we, when we get in the studio together, he just kind of, it's a click that I, he's the, he's the longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> so, let me put it that way. You know, we've been working together for 10 years. And um, yeah, he's my work wife, if you will. But yeah, we're just trial and error, you know, not, not trying to force too much, just go with what feels natural. Of course, that ended up with the the EP by the end of the year. Uh, the other track that gets a lot of attention there, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Coachella. Uh, <laughs> is there any yeah. specific reason why you landed on that for the song? Yeah, um, that song was actually written in the back of my friend's car on the way home from Coachella um, in 2017. And uh, it was one of the best weekends of my life. You know, I I caught up with uh, an old flame, if you will, and, um, you know, someone that's really special to me and we just had a great weekend and I don't know, it was a, it was a very beautiful, like emerging experience, the whole festival. People, people make fun of it a lot, but I feel like that's just people that haven't gone yeah. and are hating on it because if you go, it's such a beautiful experience. It's, you're surrounded by your friends and music and art and it's just, um, it's really is a beautiful time. Works as a great metaphor right there. Perfect. Yeah. Kind of nailed it on the head. Like with that song, it kind of, you know, Coachella is, not, you know, yes, it is. I wrote it about that weekend and, the, you know, the, that, that great time that I had. But also, it's just, you know, finding that place of euphoria and finding your happy place in your head. You know, in your head, it's Coachella every weekend. Like, just trying, trying to get yourself to that place in your life where, like, you know, you are at your best and living your life that way every day. So the newest single, These Are My Friends, that's that's the one I've seen uh recently. There's, there's a line in it that I guess I just center on. I, I wish I was a little more loved. Is that coming? Is that a character that you're uh, you're, you're talking about there, or or is that something more personal? No, that song definitely um, it's all about me. Um, it's about just you know embracing the good and bad parts about myself. And I'm an insecure guy. I, I, I struggle with a lot of things, uh, a lot of demons. <laughs> and um, you know, my first instinct whenever I meet somebody or whatever, whenever I walk into somewhere, is that like, oh, this person doesn't like me for sure, or like I'm not good enough, or like. I'm in a relationship. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, and like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna leave or whatever. You know, it's just it's just this little voice in the back of my head that's constantly chirping away at that stuff. So it's like embracing, you know, all the good and bad parts, and learning how to navigate those waters, and but also accepting the fact that like, you know, you are who you are, and like, you gotta take the good with the bad because regardless of whether it is good or bad, it makes you the person that you are, and you know, that's a, that's a special thing. You know, there's no one who does you better than you. And um, but also, too, on the other side of that song, um, you know, these are my friends. I love them. It's about, you know, keeping your friends close, you know, keeping the people that love you close, you know, the people that pull the magic out of you and not the madness. And I'm sure there's a lot of madness out there right now. I mean, and I, I can't imagine what kind of train, you know, that you're on w- with all this and, you know, the workload that comes uh, along with that. Uh, I mean, the obvious question is this. Does this lead to a full length? Are you guys planning that or are you just still going to kind of... Uh, Throughout the singles here and there for a while. Um, yeah, full length is done. More info on that coming soon, though. It's, uh, but it, one is done for sure. So awesome! I can't wait for that. And in the meantime, I see some tours coming up. Uh, we're big friends and fans with AWOL Nation. That's uh, that's later this summer, right? Yeah, you know, we're excited to get get on the road. We we met them this past weekend doing some radio stuff, some radio festivals in Florida, and they're they're really cool guys. And, you know, we're stuck to spend, we're stoked to we're stoked to uh, you know do a run of shows with them and uh, learn from some. Some veterans. Well, I'll look forward to those, and I'll look forward to the uh, to the full length when it arrives. I can't wait for that news announcement. So, um, so thank you very much. 
Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Mitchie. Bye. Hey, thanks to Mitchie Collins of Lovely the Band for that call right there. And now for part three of this week's episode, talking about Luke Pritchard of the band The Kooks. Their latest LP is called Let's Go Sunshine. We get into the characters that inspired a bunch of the songs, and then we turn the clocks back 10 years. It was last year in 2018 that the band celebrated the 10th anniversary of their sophomore LP, Conk. It was an odd time in the band's history, and Luke tells us all about it. It's Kyle Meredith with the Kooks. Kyle, hello, mate. Yeah, it was funny. I, I was listening yeah. to the, uh, I was re-listening to the new single, uh, Four Leaf Clover, w- when the phone rang. Uh, just getting into that, and and I think this one might be my favorite one from the the new record. Let's go, sunshine, four leaf clover. It, it sounds like whoever the character is might need that luck, though. It's not exactly a happy song that you would associate with something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's quite um, it's painting quite a negative picture of someone who you know it's it kind of offloading their shit onto the world, you know, and kind of caught in a bad situation. I don't even really end it with any hope, so it's kind of like a Morrissey song. Really. <laughs> it's like you know, you guys just deal with it how you want to deal with it. But I mean, what's what's cool is, is of course, like the, the song is quite, um, yeah, it has that. It, it's it's quite a, a, an uplifting sort of beat and, and guitar sound. So hopefully, there's like it's got a kind of subversive thing to it, you know. With a line like in that, you know. I guess pre-chorus where, where it says you write a column for the times. I mean, to have such a specific line like that, I, I did have to wonder if like, if there's yeah. anybody real sort of based behind this somewhere. There, there is someone slightly who I wouldn't name or anything, but someone that um, has written bad things, not just about me, but about lots of people and who I was kind of thinking about when I was writing it with Chris. And, uh, but there's, there's lots of them. You know, I mean, I think it's not just journalists, journalists at all. It's kind of about, because I mean, I think, one of the, the, the things is like the kind of tabloidy side of it is it's often not, um, it, it, it goes into a sort of like weird kind of bullying, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? And um, we have that big time in the UK way more than the US, you know? It's like stuff gets um, gets kind of, I don't know, it, it can get a bit out of hand, I think, where people um, are treated quite unfairly. And so, yes, yeah, you know, there's, mm. there's a journal that I wouldn't yeah, name check, but... <laughs> She was definitely on my mind. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, she made for a good song, a really good song, and that's how it usually well, exactly. goes. You know, th- this new record, you know, with Let's Go Sunshine, I've I've read you all talking about, a little bit in the early days of this, about, the, you know, this album being about defining who you are at this point. Like, that maybe this is something a bit more important than just a, the usual album cycle. What's uh, what's the story behind that? Well, I, I don't know. I think, you know, every time you come to make a record, you know, you're you, you're forced to kind of define yourself because you have like the kind of things you're disposed like you know you go in the studio and you've got uh you, you start working and you are kind of forced to to, to really try and try, try try to go for something and try and have, have a statement or have have something to say or, or a sound to make and i just feel that on this one it was because we went on more of a journey because we had we had kind of carried on where we left off on Listen, which was going, we went even further. We, we didn't really have any words. It was just lots of quite cool, soundscapey ideas. And we had just like a bit of an epiphany of like kind of what, what, what is the kook? And, and we, wanted, we, we sort of came out of that wanting to make a British rock and roll record, you know? And I think that that, that was quite hard because of the sort of out, outside pressures of the world at the moment. It's kind of, you're, 
you're being pushed into a place where it feels like that kind of music is going to be tougher to, to, to put out, you know? And so I think we, we, but we made a decision to, yeah, I guess you could say redefine the band and just, and just kind of be comfortable with that and, and get back in the studio. And, and I mean, I guess it was more, it was just all about being looking internally and being like, we, we want to get in a room and we want to play, uh, capture chemistry and play the, play the best we can as a band as opposed to yeah like I say I like working in a way of you know high-fiving in the corridors of the studio or whatever <laughs> like you know collaging this stuff so and also just with the writing from my point of view because that's you know kind of my, my job really and I, 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 I really like I just I really wanted to make sure I had the songs really where I wanted them before we recorded and that's how maybe a little silly but it's like the, the way that we have been working was very much like writing in the studio um, while we were making the music, I'd be writing the words and the melodies. And so this was cool to like, really like, everything was structured and, and arranged uh, on the guitar, piano kind of thing before recording. Yeah. And that made a big difference, I think. It, it sounds like, you know, there was, um, you all had put a, a song on the uh, Greatest Hits that came out 27, Be Who You Are. It sounded like that became, you know, more of the mantra for yourselves, yeah. really. <laughs> Yeah, we had two mantras, and it was "Do who you are" and "No pressure." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, we were kind of coming in with that. Um, but it is, you know, I mean, I, I think there's a lot that there's not not in a in a particularly uh, overly serious way, but we, there's definitely been a lot of self reflection for us as a band. I think uh, recently, and um, it's been a good time. You know, it's been really exciting. And I think we just want to, you know, we, we want to enjoy what we do. And I think yeah, the pressures of making records for the sake of making records is there. And I think we just we just really on this this album when I connected with Brand and the, the producer like the first time we met. I think we talked about that at length. So it's just like, I just want to have a fucking great time. I just want to be in the studio and have fun with my mates making music again. And that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? I think I think you feel that on the record. It's got a real like a real kind of sort of loose look to it. You know what I mean? I I, I hope that comes across. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it kind of go further down that because you know I, I brought up that best of that came out last year. Which, you know, for a lot of artists, that that's, is sort of a, a closing of a chapter, you know, and I don't know if it was peripheral for you yeah. or if it really does feel like, okay, that's that part of our career put to bed, you know, let's let's recalibrate. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, it, it, in a way, it was just, it's just purely contractual because <laughs> we, we were leaving our label. And I mean, I, that, there was that element to it, which was kind of like the label, we, we, we were leaving the label, we were moving to Cobalt from Virgin Records and, and of course Virgin being a label, you know, they, they want to do the best of. And, and we, we could have not done it, you know. I mean, they, they could have put it out and we wouldn't have promoted it. But I, they, they, we, you know, they came to us and went, look, we want to do this. And to be fair, it came at a very cool point. I mean, it's not the most exciting story, so sorry, but it's just literally it was just because we'd had this moment where we'd recorded for, for a few months and it wasn't really happening. It was quite a nice moment to be like, do you know what, we'll just get on the road and we're just going to play music and, and play to our fans and play the songs they want to hear rather than, like, really having to have the pressure of making a record. And, and that was really great. So, we, so that, in a way, it's bad, you know, for a lot of people will be like, oh, shit, you know, it's good for you to make your record. But I think that it did give us, like I say, it gave us that, like, kind of self-reflection and, and we managed to, like, take our time, got on the road, played all those songs, put it out of our system, and then, and then when we got back in the studio, we were really hungry and ready and we had the, the tunes, do you know what I mean? Well, and, and thematically, with the rest of uh, Let's Go Sunshine, it does seem like there's a little bit of, uh, you know, boy versus girl <laughs> going on in it, which, you know, is uh, is always a, a, a great subject to write on, but it, it is, uh, you know, like yeah, worth asking about. Uh, I mean, is this sort of the uh, the arc of a, rela- of a real relationship happening here, too? Yeah, that kind of is. I mean, 
the, the, the song, you know, the song kind of, and, and the videos were kind of reflecting that it's kind of, the songwriting is, is definitely female-centric, you know, and, and kind of glorifying a lot of a lot of people in my life uh, and also, you know, maybe uh, sort of taking stock of, of things that didn't go so well. And, and so, yeah, I think I was, you know, I was in a, in a place, a bit of turmoil and kind of, I wanted to pull myself into the work and not, I, I wasn't really... You know, had some bad relationships and being treated badly and all that kind of thing. And like you say, a lot of people say that's good for writing songs. You know, it's the first thing you think if uh, if someone cheated on you, it's like I'm gonna get a great song out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's um, but it was a bit. I mean, I, it wasn't like um, a heartbreak record at all. You know, it was just like I think there's a bit of letting go of the past and, and the, the words and whether it's like you know, weight of the world or like fractured in days. The kind of these. Songs that I, I guess I, I think I was sort of letting go of, um, of something, and, and, and they're quite romantic. But then there's, but then there's like you know, no pressure, which is yeah, about you know when I, when I met my girlfriend, we were falling in love, and it was all you know the, the beginning stages of love and like and bubbly, and and I, I, I think you know, that I hope we captured that on on, on that song, and, and so yeah, there, I guess there's an arc of like searching and finding love, yeah. But there's, but it, but it isn't you know I think. You know, it's not. There's lots of different themes. You know, I, I really. I mean, like when I wrote Pamela, for example, I was just like, I really want to be playful on this record. You know, and I think great British bands like Mike, the bands that I love, it's what we do best, man. Is it like you know, you got to have your heartfelt, like you know, <laughs> horrible songs, and you got to have a bit of humour. And I think you know, we do Monty Python very well. <laughs> so like writing a song about you know falling in love with a mental patient, you know, you don't know the mental patient as you get picked up in the evening. You know that. That's on there, and then you've got, um, yeah, like you mentioned, Fully Clover, and it's, it's a collection of artists, really, and, and each song has its own universe. But as a whole, like in terms of my own psyche, there's definitely, like, you know, feeling pretty down, and then halfway through, like, you know, coming through that and falling in love, and, and that definitely comes through, man. Well, here's something a bit easier maybe to talk about than, uh, you know, your, your relationship struggles. Uh, you, you mentioned some great bands you know, mentors and everything. You guys opened up for the Rolling Stones, right? Yeah. We did, yeah, yeah. That was cool, man. I mean, that's that's um, just yeah. one of those, yeah, like, who gets that? <laughs> it was great, but you know what? I mean, it was great because we got asked back. How cool was that? Yeah, like, you know, we played some shows with them in, like, 2006. You know, it was really good. I think it was really cool on this album as well because we were really, this album was really um, been looking to the Stones, looking to, to, to the Kinks and the Beatles. And, like, it was, it, it's definitely like we feel like we we you know we we're holding on to the kind of beat band situation, so it was good to to play the kind of the greatest version of that. I think you know it's inspiring and, and yeah, it's super cool, man. And and it's being part of musical history. That's right. You know, you never know when their last tour is going to be. You know, you, you all have been a band for well over a decade now, so it's not like exactly like you need mentorship. But with a band like that, do you try to get an opportunity for a, a little advice or, or maybe just it's you know inspiration, yeah, as you I, say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I, I, the way that they they run their ship is, is quite is, is quite inspirational. I think that going back to what I was saying earlier about our kind of journey and what I think is, is a bit harder these days than it was because of all the distractions. But I think. You just watch a band that just love playing. You know, they, they don't need to do it for the money. They're not doing it for. I mean, it's definitely they're doing it because they love the glory. You know, but but they you can just tell when they're sound checking, when they're playing, 
they're rehearsing. I mean, they, they have a rehearsal room backstage. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, they want to be the best. You know, they want to play um, the blues. They love, they love their music. And I think that, that is really good to see for bands like ourselves, you know, like a, a band that's done that many records. Mm-hmm. They're still all trying to, you know, they, they're still doing it for the love of the music, basically. It's, 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 um, it's really cool, you know? And, uh, and yeah, of course, like, um, would have been nice to get some words. I mean, we'd, we saw them very briefly on one of the days, but they're, you know, they're very busy individuals, so um, we try not to take up their time. <laughs> as far as anniversaries go, you know, being a band over over a decade and everything, one of your records does turn about a nice even ten this year, and that's Conk, uh, one of my favorite albums of yours. Oh yeah, tenth, thank you very much. Yeah, tenth yeah. anniversary on that one. Do you uh, have you have you heard that one lately? I not really. I don't. Back <laughs> to the record. I mean, I listen back to it when we're doing the best song because I I went through all the tapes and I went through all the B-sides which is quite funny we did for Kong we did we did a session for two days sort of 48 hours and we recorded 76 songs for the demos uh, before we recorded the album <laughs> which is ridiculous <laughs> I mean like you know I'm not going to lie like 59 of them were complete dog shit <laughs> but you know there, 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 was, there was some fun stuff on there we, we got a few on the deluxe but, it, but yeah that, that was um, yeah you know I've got that's Ten years seems crazy. I can't quite believe it. Um, uh, but yeah, very proud of that record, you know. You know, and, and that's what I thought. You know, you're writing that many songs because I, I think, as the famous story goes, I mean, you guys sort of had a record deal within just a few months of being a band. You know, for that first record, uh, which yeah. exploded. So it almost seems to me like yeah. Conk was the record of okay, now we're an actual band who has to prove ourselves that we can actually do this. You know, I was... Right. <laughs> Tom, was, um, Tom was a very hard record to make, you know. Our bass player was having serious drug problems, and, you know, we, you know that was that was really um, something that I, I don't ever want to see again. You know, like, quite a, a tough time, actually, in my life, to see a best friend going through that. And um, it, was a, it, was a, it, it was brilliant, and I think we did capture some really good moments. But, but you know, if I was to be honest, I just... I remember being quite tough time and and, um, and and the pressure, you know. And we wanted to make, I mean, you know, we wanted to make a much sort of, a much more rocky album than our first one, which we did. And it was much more like we wanted to make something much, yeah, much more stonesy and, uh, not really stonesy, but like just much more rock, I guess. I, I think we achieved that. And it, was, it was cool. And I think, you know, it was great working with Tony Hopper again because he, he really like uh, kept us together, but um, but we you know we we were in a bit of turmoil as a band, and, and we, we we didn't really deal with the explosion of the first album as well as we could have. But I guess no one teaches you in life like how to cope with this shit, you know. Right. Like, we, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that anyone should feel sorry for us for such sake. I mean, you know, we've had we've been very very lucky, but it was just like we it was just crazy. I mean, we were like these quite I mean we were quite shy teenagers before that first album came out, and then all of a sudden. It, it, everything was going so well for us, and and it, it was just quite hard to deal with. And um, and like I say, like Max, our bass player just really fell right off the uh, off the rails. And but I guess maybe in in some weird way, I mean, if you think about that time, I mean, you know, that that album kind of represents that time. It was a very hedonistic time. You know, you know what I mean? I'm, I don't know if you if you were in London at the time, but it, it, was, it was pretty crazy. No, I, I had to watch from afar myself, but, uh, you know, just kind of keeping up with the story. And, of course, you know, I was a fan of the band to kind of yeah. hear that. But, but you know, with all that going on and to still be able to, you know, 
crank out that many songs just you know to have the time to to write that much and to commit that much even if they were crap songs you know that didn't really make the cut that, that's that's pretty impressive yeah well yeah i mean well thanks yeah i mean i i, know, I mean it's just what um what, what we did i mean I, I i've always been um i've always written a lot personally i you know i'm always trying to uh, I, I i actually i just i just fucking love writing songs i think incredible thing man um it's something that like if i'm not doing it i miss it and i do it for enjoyment as much as i do because it's my job so uh, you know what i mean it's like it's, it's cool but, but that's this is the thing it, you know it's just so wild it's like you know with the new album it's just trying to direction those songs and things like that and really hone in on them that's that's the that's the real key bit, and and on this album, you know, had uh, Brandon and Brandon Fries and Chris Seafried really like help guide that, and um, you know, it's it, 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 yeah, it's kind of like we, we we kind of you mentioned Conk and our first album, we kind we kind of had some kind of I don't know the yeah, but it, it was a lot of um, uh, catharsis, catharsis, catharsis. Yeah, sure, no, that works. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like it was good, man. We did a lot of almost like. A lot of thinking and really like resolve, like really at peace and resolving all that, all that shit that happened and and, and and being yeah proud of like who we are and like uh, what we are is about and what we mean you know and, and and that's where I think this this album's come from is that kind of like real like let's do what we do best you know what I mean rather than trying to run away and be like oh let's do something really modern or really different you know yeah well I I uh, sincerely appreciate how it turns out I mean. Uh... Let's go, sunshine! Is you know, it's another great record in your uh, in your long history, your long building history at the moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, man. Luke, it's yeah. been a, pre- a pleasure talking to you. Congrats again on Let's Go Sunshine, and uh, and uh, I guess we'll see you out the, on the road somewhere. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you too. Take yeah, care. Thanks, All right, brother. All right, bye. And thanks to Luke Pritchard of the Kooks again. Their latest record, Let's Go Sunshine. And thanks again to Mitchie from Lovely the Band and Jared Leto talking about that 30 Seconds to Mars record as well. If you haven't already, please do hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Acast, Podchaser, wherever you're listening from, hit that subscribe button. Then head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, and where you can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequenceofsound.net. They've got all of your music and film news. You can find me at Twitter at Kyle Meredith, Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.